Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. night at the moment isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. work in the morning come on <laughs> yeah, no. have a coffee i'm alert rather than uh, you yeah, know, when we texted coffee. earlier i said not i'll meet you at the pub i'll meet you outside the coffee place yeah and i have had a coffee and i had a black sheep coffee famously very caffeinated other coffees so. are available yeah <laughs> i don't know are they they're probably just not as good no exactly yeah um yeah so i was obviously feeling like about walking down here I, I did listen to the I did listen to the first half of the ramble from the day after for the first time on the way up. Really? So I've basically been doing like a nostalgia trip you've, on the way. You've been over. listening to the ramble the morning after ramble yeah. for the Euros. Yeah. How was it? For the first time because I never could bring myself to do it. It was how, fine. How I feel you like feel? I'm stuck like, in a proud, sated, <laughs> over it, in love with Marcus, all of those things. All of those. I felt. Yeah, definitely um, the last one. Oh, you meant. You meant Speller, not Rashford. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, I felt very emotional for us. Right. As is my want. Right. When these sorts of big sport, big football, big life moments happen. Yes. I'm, I'm, yes. A, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a sort of a crier. I didn't cry on the tube, but I definitely, that's the emotion. It was more of like a... Right. <laughs> the day before it could have been so amazing and here's the day after where we're just speaking about this fucking thing and we can't ever change it so you, you don't feel the perspective of it was an incredible summer and it was incredible getting to the final or you do feel that and you feel very sad as well well I'm apparently uh, <laughs> this sounds very grand and absurd but apparently right. There's a, one way of dealing with like traumatic situations that psychologists use is to take the people back to the place where the trauma occurred, right? And then sort of talk through it and relive right. it and reframe it. So basic, basically, so I'm that that's what today is going to be. Run out, eventually, you run out of adrenaline, <laughs> yeah. or you beat a far weaker team four 0 Is that what you're saying? One of those things. Look, I'm just. This is just a for instance. This is just a for instance. 
coming up the coming up the the stairs at the at, the, at Wembley Park as yes. well. Because last time when I arrived for the final, people were just like throwing flares all in that little enclosed space. So it was actually I'm not I'm not um what's the words when people Squeamish. don't like or like you know when people don't like don't like being in small spaces claustrophobic claustrophobic I'm not at all claustrophobic yeah. but it is quite a claustrophobic thing for yeah. to have like flares all in and around yeah, totally. where, where you're small places um, and yeah so it was I'm obviously not making the comparison of like trauma to what was happening at that time but there is something no. quite like rebuilding what happened in my yeah. mind and replacing it with new memories and stuff yeah yeah totally and doesn't the Wembley Arch look wonderful? It looks like, oh my gosh, when I was, because I just met up with a friend for some, um, uh, for a snack. Yeah. And uh, we were just, we were walking around having a little look, having a chat, and uh, right. standing by to the right of the Wembley Arch as you walk up, and a kid with an England <laughs> flag around his shoulders. Yes. Was just, I was just chatting to my friend, and the kid walked up behind him, just, and saw, I'm pretty sure we caught him seeing the Wembley Arch for the first, like, in person for the oh, first time. Because he just went, oh! <laughs> and they were just like taking all these photos and just getting so excited. It was yeah. absolutely adorable. Oh, it was probably about six or seven. Maybe. I'm, I'm glad it's not just me who get like, gets like that, actually. My thing when it was the first time you had fans for a proper match at Plough Lane yeah. is not the people who've been waiting 30 years to see it, but the little kids who are seeing it for the first time. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's that Bobby Robson thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think of Sir Bobby Robson whenever I see England, whenever I come to see England. Really? Actually, yeah. I guess because like the first tournament where I watched all the matches was World Cup 90. But I think that's special for a lot of people my age. Yeah. But also, it's the fact that, you know, because it was so glamorous, everything about it, including the TV graphics, were absolutely yeah. magnificent. But Sir Bob was not just a great coach, a great man he was so incredibly dignified yeah in a way that i think only actually gareth southgate has come close to that in england coaches like some good people have coached england over the years but southgate is, is very much in those footsteps i think of rising above some of the stuff yeah yeah i think so that surrounds the national team and certainly in those days the way they recovered because the way sir bobby was treated before the before the finals in 1990 was horrendous yeah but you know that 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 sense of you know a different kind of Englishness, a sort of Englishness that I think a lot of people can identify with. You yeah, know? yeah, I do know that. I mean, not to, I'm not making cracks about your age again, but it is quite cool to talk to you about that time because obviously I feel like that everyone knows about. I'm going to give you a Werther's original in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually brought caramel wafers. So <laughs> that's a bit more Scottish, isn't it? Anyway. That, that, that sounds like it's endorsing the Netherlands national team, actually. <laughs> yes. we, we can joke about Memphis Depay on the podcast, but not here. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, yeah, because I, I wasn't old enough to remember it yeah. and that's the that's the sense people have of like that's when football changed isn't it that's yeah totally yeah totally. and i'm not because of richard keys inventing the premier league obviously no, read, the, read the simon hart book on it okay. world in motion that's the one yeah that, that explains it in a very intelligent including the whole world kind of way it's brilliant yeah um, i'm telling you what to put on your own podcast no you obviously can help yourself <laughs> do, do you want to write the intro <laughs> I, was, I was sweat over those things i was thinking i'm gonna you know like not give it the gravitas it deserves and all that sort of stuff. This is us, it's a green zone. Oh yes, 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 where are we going? Green zone. 
Russ didn't send me the ticket, so I have to rely on him. Yeah. But he's actually... I'll have to get my Homer Simpson reading glasses That he out, hasn't but, done uh, whatever it was that all of the there. people did to break in, in on June the... Yeah, that's right. Ju- July the... Christ, I've lost, lost sense of time. So this bit in the, in the finals, this bit was like you couldn't... So we're coming up to the kind of bollards by the, yes. the stairs. And this was the bit where you realised like it was a bit fucked up. Yeah. Because there was not enough, there were hardly any police. Right. There was no mounted, I didn't see any mounted police until right. much later when all the people started, you know, attacking the, the barriers. Yeah. And there was just no sense that anybody was able to check your ticket at this point because there was just yeah. too much going on. They had to just like ease the crush. Um, Water without the lid. Yeah. Water Good luck doing that sort of stuff and, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. for the finals. Happy memory of it when he's in the spot. Yeah. What's the happy memory? Bloody like winning in the semi-final. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number six, Tyrone Mead. I'm going absolutely nuts. Right. <laughs> we were dancing around, hugging each other, and screaming and shouting and crying. And, oh, mate, it was so great. Did and you feel that bloody song? Did you feel slightly disloyal, like cheering and celebrating when Harry Kane had just missed the penalty? Oh, there's one. You had to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Am I standing defensive? No. Kick off past the Broncos. England against Hungary. Oh, man. It's so great. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Was the massive attack during the Euros? There wasn't, was there? I don't remember. It would have been a UEFA-approved playlist, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sweet Killer Alone, which I never really was fussed about before the Euros. But Were you? No, I don't really. It's, Marcus says the same thing. I don't really have an affinity with it. But after the Euros, it's got like really? some sort oh, of. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That, that, I, I did think about that a lot. How that song that's like, you know, 25 years old, sort of like, I reborn 25 years old. Oh my God. It's just like reborn for a new generation. Yeah. The face paints really are coming out. I'll just do you a little one. You've got to get into the moment of it. Right. I'll just do you a little one. Okay, okay. Are you going to be alright with that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Are you going to feel like that undermines your credentials as a serious journalist? Does this undermine undermine your credentials as a serious journalist more or less than when Pete asked you if it was a dog or a man eating a carrot? No, I think that enhanced my credentials (laughs) as a serious journalist. And I think Pete knows that. Right, these are new people. Well, because it's your first time back here since the final, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I know it's over. I know it's over, Andy. I know we're not in the final of the Euros anymore. I know. 
but this is the first bit of winning the World Cup, right? That's a great point. <laughs> there we go. tempted to draw a Scotland flag on your cheek. But, no, uh, well, I'm only going to give you the red and the white, so that's not going to work. <laughs> oh, this looks really smart. Ross is painting a much bigger flag than I painted on him, I think. Maybe your face is just bigger. <laughs> that's not true. Uh, that, that's definitely <laughs> not true. I guess yours seems further away because you're so tall. So maybe that's the impact. Now, surely at some point you're going to push for them to become a full orchestra, right? Well, you think a violin is what's needed to really turn things around for the fortunes of the England band. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's got a bit old and stale. They're like Oasis on the fourth album at the moment, aren't they? You're probably right. I think, um, given the talent of our Ramble listeners for doing those uh, jingles, maybe... Maybe we could form a competitor band. <laughs> <laughs> you leading the listeners. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> a high foot on Nego, the right back, isn't it? So, and two Hungarians are having a dispute over who's going to take the penalty. Oh, punch each other. Uh, Vars checking it. Check over the moment he took at the same moment he took the penalty. 
Well organised. No, it's not. Nice to see Harry enjoying his football. <laughs> it's all got a bit flat, isn't it? Like either side of the of, yeah. of the Hungary goal. More paper aeroplanes, though. Well, we know what you know what they say about paper aeroplanes. What do they say about paper aeroplanes? Uh, the bigger the I don't know inverse correlation of goodness. <laughs> More paper aeroplanes, less goodness. We we haven't got any paper. Otherwise, we could join in. I don't think I think there's a quite a skill to it. Do you, you, you want to ask someone in this row if they'll maybe tear a page out of their programme for is us? Is that what you think it is? I think they're bigger bits. I think people have brought them specifically for it. Really? That was a really nippy little one. That I also think the danger is being up in five. We like poke, we poke someone in the eye. We wouldn't make it onto the pitch. But if we do poke them in the eye, yeah. like we're unlikely to be detected from up here. <laughs> Perfect crime, really. Yeah, I think it would be. better when they're attacking our end. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm talking about that quite a lot, but I really do love it yeah, as it part of the match going experience. I'm, I'm still in that sort of like honeymoony phase of absorbing every little bit of, of, being, the, the, uh, of, of being here yeah. with other people. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, that must have been a major bit of the Euros for you, yeah, right? Yeah, it really was. And as the crowd mounted up in number as yeah. England got through the rounds. Yeah, because it's the first game I went to was the one, was it Czech Republic? Because the Sunday afternoon game, anyway. Croatia. Um, Croatia, my bad. Um, but it was so it was like two o'clock kickoff, and it's sort of part and twenty twenty thousand people and party kind of gentle party atmosphere, mm. garden party atmosphere, let's call it. Yeah. And then as the tournament built up in intensity and progress, it became. Later, so darker, more bacchanalian. Bacchanalian. Come on now. So, so basically, have you had that one at the match before? Uh, no, no, we haven't. <laughs> so basically, at the beginning, it was like that time you got your MBE <laughs> at the Palace, and uh, by the end, it was like. Point of order: I don't yet have an MBE, listeners. So if you've got any strings, you can pull. <laughs> Hashtag Mason for MBE. <laughs> when you get CBE, at least for your work on the Rambler, right? You'd have thought so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, I'm Hazel Hayes. And I'm Sheehan Todd. And welcome to our brand new podcast, We're Not Fucking Historians. It sounds like I'm saying we're not fucking historians. Yeah, we're saying we're not experts. We're not historians ourselves. Not that we're not having sex with historians. No historians getting fucked on this pod. Zero historians getting fucked on this podcast. We are, in fact, your alternative guide to Irish history. Every week we prize open the history books and find a new tale from the Emerald Isle's colourful past. We're exploring Ireland's traditions, its rich heritage and its long, proud history of being invaded by literally anyone with a boat. The Vikings were showing up at the monastery going, where's that booty? The earliest booty it's call. <laughs> it's the booty call you didn't want. <laughs> 50 Scandinavian Vikings showed up. Or our biggest celeb, St Paddy. He says he prayed up to 100 times a day and sometimes during the night. <laughs> That's what a five-year-old would say. I prayed 100 times, I swear. Patrick also said he was fastest in his slippers. <laughs> He's a fucking belly bullshitter. If, like us, you're the kind of person who's interested in history but not so interested that you'd go read a book about it or listen to actual experts, then this is the show for you. This is history done differently with a couple of facts and plenty of crack. So, join us on our journey through Ireland's past. Search We're Not Historians on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we're not fucking fucking historians. historians. (laughs) Sorry, I was far too fast there. We're Not Fucking Historians is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Sterling, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And an enjoyable collision between Glashie and his defence, his last 
last line of defence. Yes. John Stone's goal machine. So close. Does this mean, though, that I, no? I take I take your point. I would have thought he would have come on for Foden. Yeah. But does this mean Foden goes out left? All right. Sure that, that would work, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, we want to see that. Either way, what we like is Southgate making tactical decisions and making changes in the course of a game, rather than, for example, not making any substitutions until it turns into penalties. Yeah, you, you get it off your chest. <laughs> Only, only 63 minutes and a meaningful <laughs> substitution. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Oh. 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 Sterling's getting closer, is the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. Is that the way you're looking at it? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. England, I get so stressed. You get about, so stressed about I England? I get stressed about England not winning. I don't even know, given that this game is fundamentally semi-meaningless. I know it's not really meaningless, no. but you know what I mean. Like, um, winning would be helpful. Winning, of course, would be helpful. Rather than winning is vital. Correct. Yeah. I just don't know how I've even got the guts for tournament football. Like. <laughs> <laughs> on the train after two beers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Obvious question, but why do you care about England so much, do you think? Oh my God, that's a big, that's a huge question. It's a big question, but we're in the pub. I mean, that's where the big questions get asked, isn't it? They wouldn't serve us any more drink. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's because we were being Larry. 
They say it's because the bar is closed. I think it's because there wasn't a last-minute England winner scored by Ollie Watkins. Yeah, that would have been so amazing. It's Ollie Watkins' fault. Like I was saying when we were sitting down, it's this, this emotion thing. I can't, I can't quite explain it. I think actually, unlike most people, because um, whatever, I'm not. A lot of people, you know, they just talk about watching football when they were little and it being part of, like, a community thing. But I actually, when I was little, we lived abroad a lot. Yeah. So until I was about nine, ten, we we didn't really live in England, me and my parents. And so I actually think that's what it's, a, to some degree, that's what it's about. What, to connect with home? Yeah. Yeah. So when I, so we did, like... We would be in North Northamptonshire, and then we would go away from there, and but only for a little tiny period of time. So I yeah. had this idea of what England was about somehow, and I don't really know exactly how it was done. But certainly, my mum and dad were quite attached to home, and were right. and would, and I think sport was one of the main ways of there being a connection. And the England, like certainly things like Olympics and Brit- you know, GB and all that stuff as well. Yeah. Because the thing is as well, Brass, is that I, because of this thing about being living away and about me not the people around me not actually being into it, is that I have quite like a solitary. You know, I'd watch stuff with my dad and with my mum sometimes, but I don't really have a lot of memories of like watching things as a community. That's Do you know it, what I that's mean? That's interesting. And I think that affects your memory of stuff. I agree. I think it's interesting that you say that because my. Um, feelings around England I guess are a lot different to a lot of people because um, for the last I guess decade plus yeah like probably probably about 15 years now I've I've like covered Portugal at a, a, a major tournament so international football to me means Portugal I know every word of the anthem for example it's a good anthem especially since they took out that line about um like creating trouble for the English is yeah yeah, yeah. we don't want bloodshed and anthems no well we uh, in moderation bloodshed and anthems <laughs> is fine but anyway anyway the the point I was I was I was going to make is to me watching England with friends always made sense um, and watching England from a distance without your friends when you're working doesn't really make as much sense yeah. I, I enjoyed watching England for um, the most that I've enjoyed watching them in a, in a long time when I, when I was in Budapest in the summer actually because um, we found a, a miniature fan park just around the back of where I was staying in central Budapest and we watched um, the Czech Republic game there and the Scotland game and even though Scotland game England didn't play that well I loved it it was brilliant because I was watching it with uh, a load of people who were working out there are also new from home and you know we had a great time and yeah it makes much better sense in that con- I really feel it in that context and like seeing like highlights or a replay of, of, of England on telly doesn't do it for me but that tonight or you know living it through your experience or th- and through other people's experience you know when we're all watching it in a big screen somewhere else that's totally different so my and so my early days of sporting England were like sort of weird devout things with like on my own right 
which I think is why it feeds into what you're saying, why there's, the memories are a bit I got kind of overlaid subsequently. Because when we yeah. came back to England, then it would be like when you were a kid, you know, so you'd get, t- not time off school, but you know what I mean, there'd be like bits where you didn't, maybe you'd get the afternoon off. Let it go home early. Yeah, or maybe watch someone would, yeah. yeah, maybe someone would put it on the telly, or I don't know, you'd manage to persuade someone to give the school oh whatever I'm not saying I had influence in my primary school or whatever it would have been but I bet you did <laughs> but yeah I definitely tried my mum was a teacher at the senior school so I definitely used to try and <laughs> deploy some sort of some sort of influence um, but it's weird as well because obviously working in football now you talk about those times mm. much more and then it sort of overlays itself onto your onto your memory. And it's interesting when you talk about other journalists. It's the one um, context in English um, football journalist society that is okay to look like a fan, because if you show you're a fan of a club, that shows that that shows you're not good at your job or inherently biased or whatever. Why do you think people got into it in the first place? Why do you think people wanted to be a football journalist in the first place? Because they went to watch a team and loved the game. So, but whereas if you're, because everyone's rowing in the same direction, generally it's it's an acceptable bias. It's it's different, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think um, there's. A, I mean, the what the football landscape is quite different now presumably to even when you I'm not making a chime about your age the show is over <laughs> I just said I'm paying respect to you as a person who's been in the industry longer than me um, yes respect is a great word respect. carry on carry on the mutual respect that we have for each other as professionals yeah um <laughs> So even when you started long ago, yeah. Anyway, it's it's different um, as a setup because I guess because of things like fan channels and the way that it's sort of sports entertainment and all this sort of stuff. You know, like I, and I guess maybe the way that we do things on the ramble and, and talk about our clubs to some degree. But you're always very covert about. Apart, I mean, I suppose with Wimbledon, it's slightly different, isn't it? Because that's more yeah. like a kind of community-minded thing, and you're not with respect again to Wimbledon you're not you know competing for the biggest prizes the thing about football as well is this and I think we've dug into it a little bit trying to talk about my weird way of being obsessed with England but like I think I believe in this community idea around football which as we unfortunately recently have talked so much about there aren't communities you know I'm not religious there aren't communities in the same way that that but everyone has to believe in something in life (laughs) I'm not saying I'm not saying England and Tottenham are my religion but you know what I mean like the belief belief in some sort of community and some sort of uniting factor yeah yeah it's really romantic it's really um, that's what I like about football but you know people being brought together that's why it's so hard when we do like we were talking the other day about all of these Sort of corrupting influences in football it makes makes you a bit sad sometimes are we talking about fish yes he is an extraordinary instrument of corruption um, but I think there's some like even more than sporting spurs there's some like pure childish love at the heart of England which I mean it helps that Gareth Southgate is what we've I don't know if it was on yeah. mic, but we, what we talked about earlier, what he brings 
what he brings and the way he tries to unite the country yeah. is is makes it easy to care about them so much now. But the point is about England is it is it connects to something childish in yourself, something childlike. And it's pure because it goes beyond sport, doesn't yeah. it? Like it and does in a major championship. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. This was a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.